Good morning and welcome to Friday morning, February the 28th in 2020 on When I Rise. On Fridays, we like to think of the gospel text for the week. And so here in year A, in the first Sunday of the Lent season, we're going to be back in the gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, or what we might call the temptation narrative of Jesus. So I'll read that passage this morning and provide a couple points of reflection, and then we'll spend some time praying along its theme. Thanks for making this party morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise to meet God together in a time of prayer. Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but only by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put your Lord, the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan. For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended to him. This is the word of God for us. All right, all right. Let me give a couple points of reflection on this text as we spend some time praying over it this morning. Uh, obviously, it's it's fun to compare and contrast the the different temptation narratives. So if you look at this one and the one in Luke chapter 4, you'll notice that the second and third temptation are flip-flopped um, between the two texts, but I don't think that really has much of a difference, and, and who knows ultimately why one landed in one order than the other, according to the original manuscripts. Uh, but we do know that Jesus was tempted, and uh, there's a lot of key features about the Christian life and reality that are presented in this text. First, I mean, just the, just the presence of uh, evil in the world. And the Son of God was uh, tempted in every way that we were, yet was without sin, the Bible says. And so he was within reach to be tempted. And so we um, have this text to remind us that uh, temptation enters into our existence in a myriad of ways. And we just got to keep our guard. We have to fortify ourselves in the way in which we can stand under the te- uh, up underneath the tests so that we will not be overwhelmed by our temptations. The second thing is to recognize how Jesus overcame temptations. You'll notice again and again, every time he was tempted, he replaced the knowledge of the temptation with the knowledge that comes from the Word of God. And so Jesus says, it is written, it is written, it is written. The scripture text is the great uh, mobilizer of the being of the Christian. And so whenever we're tempted, either tempted in the flesh or tempted in our soul or plagued in our minds, it's best for us to have a steady appetite of the scripture text to balance all the other messaging that we hear out there. And so it's important for us to give our attention to the Bible every single day, to ingest it, and to find a way to acclimate it into our lives and to respond after we hear the scripture text. But the last thing I want to share about this text is uh, how it's compared with the larger story of the Bible. 
many of the commentators out there find it striking that after Jesus comes out of the waters of baptism, he goes into a wilderness where he is tempted, and that it, it mimics the story of Israel. After they are delivered from Exodus, they go through the Red Sea on dry ground, which baptism is often compared to. Uh, they spend 40 years in the wilderness, and in the wilderness they grumble and they complain and they doubt their God. And they're plagued again and again by missteps because of their lack of faith. This also points us even further back to where, as we read earlier in the week in Genesis chapter 2 and 3, that Adam and Eve, our first parents, they were tempted away by the schemes of Satan. So here we have again, this, the table is set, someone prominent in the story. They are delivered by God. They are uh, worth is being ascribed to them by God. Uh, but then at that moment of lowliness and temptation, the question is, is, will Jesus cave to temptation like all the pattern of behavior before him? Or will he find a way to overcome? And we are delighted with the answer that Jesus does overcome. So in a sense, this is what the writers are doing in the Gospels. Jesus is taking up this complicated story of Israel and he's bringing it to its finish, to its climax and to its finish. Jesus is reversing the curse of all the things that have happened to God's people and to God's world up to this point. And God is doing something new in the same old story. And so I just want to pray a prayer this morning that God would protect us because we are tempted like Jesus, that we would be protected, that we'd be mindful of the word of God, but also like Jesus, that we would find ourselves included into this great story of Israel. And it's a story that's still got a lot of life in it. It's still got a ways to go and Jesus is at the middle of it and God is working it out in the world around us. So I'm going to pray that we become participants of this story and not those who are on the outside of that story. So let's spend some time praying together this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for a brand new morning where we find ourselves within the grace of God, within the story of God. So our life is blessed today. So our hearts are filled with gratitude as we face this day. Even though we've got job tasks to do, even though we might have tests to take at school, even though we might have uh, complicated scenarios to grapple with if we have tests that we need to take or uh, maybe difficult conversations to have. God, we think that you're still Lord over all things, that you're lo the Lord over our life, and so we are not plunged into despair. And we're mindful this day that we are surrounded in enemy territory, that there are powers against us, those of us who would like to follow the way of God. And so this day we acknowledge it, but we don't, we're not perplexed by it. We're not paralyzed by it. We simply lean upon your grace once again. So we pray that your power would be at work within us. Would you remind us of what is true, and what has been said in the scriptures, what's been taught by the church in all these years, so that whenever we're met with conflicting thoughts or with a rival vision of life, that we will know the truth, and the truth will set us free. So God, we pray that you be with us today. But God, we thank you for Jesus. Jesus fulfilled the story of Israel, and he's bringing it to its conclusion where you're going to renew the whole world from within the presence of your people. God, we think that this story is going somewhere, that it's not over, that it's not lost, that it's not been forgotten or unplugged. But we, we thank you, God, that you've kept it going, and Jesus animates your desires for this world. And so God, we we, we, we crave to be in the middle of what you're doing in this world. So God, we pray that you'd fill us with your Holy Spirit. Give us wisdom and revelation. Allow us to be a part of your business today so that as you continue to work out this story that we might find ourselves in the middle of it with you and have bliss in walking in the story of God along with our God. So God, be with us today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.